My name's Belinda. I'm one of the team here. If we haven't met yet, it's nice to meet you. And I am so blessed to have this privilege and this honour to share and encourage you in the Word of God. We're preaching from the Word of God this morning, not the Woman's Weekly, not the Western Weekender, not the Quran, not Facebook. The Word of God is living and active and powerful to transform lives. So I'm really excited for this privilege to share with you. And we're going to go to Luke chapter 18. So... One day, some parents brought their little children to Jesus so that he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. In 2008, my ridiculously good-looking husband, Mitchell, over here, and I decided to take our 18th-month-old to Vietnam to visit our good friend, Rebecca Beth. She was then. We'd worked with um, Beck for a long time. She'd been one of my Connect Group leaders. She'd worked with us as our admin in in the youth. We were youth pastors. And we just wanted to go there and support her, encourage her. She just decided to move her whole life there as a single young woman. So we planned this trip. We were so excited. And the morning came, it arrived. We were so looking forward to it. Mum and Dad Varlo, they, they drove us into the airport, unloaded all the bags, got to the check-in counter and handed over passports. And the woman behind the, do- the desk says to us, where's your visa? And I looked at Mitch. Mitch looked at me. What visa? We didn't realise you needed a visa to enter the land of Vietnam. My stomach sank because I so was looking forward to seeing Beck and going to Vietnam and it was just devastating. And she said, look, it's a, it's a long shot, but you could maybe make it to Edgecliff to the Vietnamese consulate and get a, a quick emergency visa. And we looked at each other and we thought, let's do it. Let's try this. So we left our bags with mum and dad at the airport, waiting with our bags, grabbed our daughter And we made our way. It was the amazing race. I didn't look at the speedometer. I just looked straight ahead. We got to Edgecliff. Mitch and Eva had to go down to the shops to get passport photos. I had an extra one. So I went upstairs to the consulate, filled in all the paperwork. They ran back upstairs. We handed over an exorbitant amount of money and we got stamped a visa. We were so excited, but it wasn't over yet. We had to get back to the airport. So we get back into the car, race all the way back. I didn't look at the speedometer again. We get into the airport, we run to the check-in counter. Are we in time? Yes, we made it. I'll show you a little slide I put together. Back in the day, 2008, with little Eva, 18 months old, we made it to Vietnam. That's Eva in Beck's arms there. And a younger-looking Mitch and Belinda. (laughs) All of that to enter a communist country, the land of Vietnam. But to enter the kingdom of God, it's vastly different. The kingdom of God is greater than any country. The kingdom of God is a spiritual realm that exists globally, internationally, intergalactically. The whole universe is, is... under the reign of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the spiritual realm, where He is supreme. 
It's a kingdom of righteousness, peace and joy, love, truth, justice, blessings, freedom, power. It's an upside down kingdom where the first are last and those who serve are the greatest of all. And we must become like children to enter it. Amazing. So I want us to dive into this passage this morning and ask ourselves a few questions. Whenever we're reading the Bible, we need to ask ourselves why, when, how. So let's start with the question, why? Why did these parents bring their children to Jesus that day? The parents brought their infants to Jesus that he might lay hands on them. Now, it wasn't that his hands had all the magical superpowers in the hands because he could heal anybody just saying a word and people would get healed. It wasn't just that. The laying on of hands is not a magic trick, but it is a significant way of focused prayer for a blessing. In the Old Testament, Jacob passed a blessing onto his son Esau by the laying on of hands. The same with Israel and Joseph's sons. He laid hands on them to speak and, and to impart a blessing. Now, when these parents brought their children to Jesus that day, Jesus didn't sprinkle them or baptise them. He put his hands on them and he blessed them. Now, it was custom for Jewish families after about 31 days to bring their babies to the temple for the priest to dedicate them to the Lord. But then when they were one year old, the parents would take them to a distinguished rabbi to bless them. And this is what they were doing that day. Now, why did these parents do that? Because they wanted Jesus, whom they could see was a distinguished rabbi. He was different. They wanted him to bless their children. And I am stirred because we also must bring our kids to the presence of God, bring our kids to Jesus. We need to bring them to him in prayer, keeping praying for them regardless of their age, but also bringing them to the house of God, to the presence of God, to church regularly. We need to be praying with them, doing devotions with them, laying our hands on them and blessing them, speaking words of life over our children. Proverbs 22 says, train up a child in the way he should go and when he is older, he will not depart from it. Now we train our kids in all sorts of things, soccer, gymnastics, hapkido, swimming. It can be five days a week and three times on Saturday, like my day yesterday was three lots of soccer games. It's fun, yet it's temporary. It's not eternal significance. And I say, let them enjoy their sports, let them enjoy their music, but let's be intentional about bringing the presence of God into our homes and taking our kids to the house of God, investing into them. Amen. In a, in a few weeks' time, we're launching Real Relationships Weekend. And that's at the end of August. And we're going to have workshops on parenting young ones, parenting teenagers, on marriage, all sorts of things. It's going to be awesome. Just a little, little plug there. Because we want to invest intentionally into our kids' spiritual life. So why? Secondly, how? How did the disciples respond to this moment? In verse 15, it says, But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. They shooed them away like some bouncers at a nightclub with underage kids. You see, the culture of the time didn't value children. 
And they believed that these, these people were wasting Jesus' time, that the children were interruptions, troubling the master with the menial. His ministry of miracles was important, and the kids, unimportant. Honestly, that attitude hasn't changed too much since that day. I remember my grandmother saying, children should be seen and not heard, or one she would say often would be, kids, go play on the motorway. I didn't quite understand that at the time, (laughs) years later. (laughs) The attitude towards children, you know, the United Nations and experts around the world say that it is unprecedented how exploited children are globally. There are more child slaves today than 100 years ago. In fact, the experts say that child sexual exploitation, abuse and violence is a global emergency which requires a concerted global response. Millions of children worldwide continue to be the victims of such crimes. Child labour, exploitation, violence, abuse, trafficking, torture, sexual exploitation and abuse both online and in person. We must understand the huge value that God puts on children and the enemy hates them. He's always trying to take out the children, always has and always will. But we must have the kingdom value for children. The kingdom belongs to them as much as it belongs to anyone else. Let's have a look, verse 16. Then Jesus called to the children and said to the disciples, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those that are like these children. I I like the message paraphrases. Let these children alone. Don't get between them and me. These children are the kingdom's pride and joy. If Jesus highly regards and values children, then so should we. And here at Imaginations Church, we honour children. We prioritise children. We are not just babysitting them at the moment while the important stuff happens here in this room. We are raising up totally committed disciples who know the Word, who know how to worship, who know how to pray and who have faith. We are raising up champions. Amen. So we should never block the way or fail to provide a way for children to come to Jesus. And I want to look at, thirdly, what? What was it that Jesus was teaching his his followers? Because I want to learn from it. Don't you? He says, unless you receive the revelation of the kingdom of heaven the same way as a child receives it, you'll never enter it. Jesus doesn't just value children. He sets them up as model citizens in the kingdom of heaven. They are our model. We want to be like them. Be like these children. Jesus used the example to demonstrate how we are to receive the kingdom of God, how we are to receive Him, salvation, how we are to receive the blessings of the kingdom, the peace, the joy, the power, the freedom, the Holy Spirit. This is how we receive from our Father. Unless you accept God's kingdom in the simplicity of a child, you'll never enter it. We can learn from children. Children, they've got nothing to offer. Little ones are helpless, dependent on others. In fact, we call them dependents, don't we? These children received the blessing of Jesus without trying to make themselves worthy of it. Little children have not achieved 
morally, religiously, they haven't kept any commandments or done any amazing acts of kindness. And we must not come to Jesus in our own strength, through our own understanding, in our own wisdom, in our own words and ways. Coming to Jesus has nothing to do with our own worthiness, our self-sufficiency. It's all about his grace and his undeserved kindness and mercy. But we have a problem, a big problem. We've all been adulting for way too long, self-sufficient, haven't we? Yeah, self-reliant. I want to introduce you to somebody this morning, Bindi. Bindi loved to be carried, she loved to be cuddled, and she loved to be pushed in a pram. Bindi, she was curious, full of joy and wonder and delight. She went to new places all the time, made new friends at every park. Every food was a new delicacy to explore. Bindi didn't care if she got food on her face. She didn't care if her hair was messy. She didn't care what people thought. If it was funny, she'd laugh. And if it was hard, she'd ask for help. And if she was sad, she would cry. I'll show you some pics of little Bindi. Little Bindi grew when she grew up. She enjoyed things like dress-ups. She liked to dance with her sister Nikki. You can see Nikki there. She liked to play on the swings and she imagined worlds of Smurfs and Cabbage Patch Kids and Barbies. This was Bindi, but somewhere along the way, we can take that down. That's enough of self-embarrassment. Humbling myself today. Somewhere along the way, Bindi grew up. Bindi became Belinda. And Belinda, she doesn't dance so much anymore. She imagines less. And if she's sad, she might not even realise it because she's always thinking about how others might be feeling. She's careful. She cares what others think. Belinda is organised. She has learnt to take responsibility to make things happen. Often, if she doesn't do it, it's not going to happen. Belinda is rational, careful. She doesn't try new things every day. She likes the familiar the comfortable. And perhaps like you, like me, you've been adulting for a long time. And you've learnt self-reliance and self-sufficiency. And the problem is it's become an obstacle from you receiving the kingdom of God, the power of God, the presence of God, the breakthrough. But here we read verse 17, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God with humility and faith, like a child, will not enter it at all. I believe just like Jesus was teaching his disciples, he's teaching us something this morning. He is here and he is speaking through his spirit. And he's saying it's time. It's time to try something new. Do something fresh. Choose to be like a child. I'm not talking about being childish, being silly or immature. You know, we don't want to see any of you throwing tantrums. We want to grow out of those. In fact, the Apostle Paul said in Corinthians, he said, when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. We're not talking about being childish. Because the same man who said, I gave up my childish ways, the Apostle Paul, he identified himself as a child, a child of God. He told the Galatian church, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. 
For all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. He said, because you are His sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Now the word Abba is an Aramaic form of the word Father, which is much more intimate and affectionate, like we would say, Daddy. Daddy, Father, and he is saying here, the Apostle Paul, this strong man, world changer, that we are children, we are sons of God, and we need to cry out, Daddy, Father, Abba, Father. He told the Roman church in Romans 8.14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. He said, now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His suffering, in order that we may also share in His glory. I think the Roman church needed to know how much they were children of God because he said it like six times. We see it again in, in chapter 8, verse 19, chapter 8, verses 20 to 21, chapter 9, verse 8, and chapter 9, Verse 26, those Romans really needed to be reminded that they are children of God, sons of the Most High. He told the Philippian church, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless, pure, what? Children of God. This is significant in the kingdom. This is significant. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is prompting us today to give up our self-sufficiency, our self-reliance and enter into a new place in the Kingdom of God, into the spiritual realm, to receive His blessings like a child. You know, Abba Father, Daddy Father loves to give gifts and I know I love to give gifts to our kids. You know, you parents love to give gifts. You aunties and uncles and grandparents watching as you give gifts on on kids' birthdays and at Christmas time and to watch the delight and the wonder as they open up that gift and the excitement. And then when they start using their gift and they appreciate the gift and they love the gift, it brings joy to your heart in the same way. Your heavenly Father, He's got gifts for you and He can't wait till you open them and enjoy them. He's just waiting. And this is why we're putting on our Discover Week next week because we want to help you to open up and to utilise and to enjoy those wonderful gifts that God has given you. So take that card home that's on your seat today and, and sign up. Come along and open up some gifts next Sunday morning. So today I'm encouraging you to do two things, to make two choices. Firstly, choose the humility of a child. Kids don't know all the answers. They know that they are small and they have little power and they don't expect to be in control. This passage is very interesting. The next part of this passage, Jesus meets the rich young ruler. And this rich young ruler felt he was pretty good. His good works, his rule keeping surely would get him into the kingdom of God. He'd been adulting for some time now. He'd earned his position, affluence. He was a self-made man. Yet Jesus asks him to humble himself, to give it all up to follow him, perhaps become the 13th apostle. But he couldn't give up the self-reliance, the self-sufficiency, the status and totally rely on Jesus for something so large to become so small, to allow oneself to become small. You know, we spend our lives trying to become bigger, 
trying to become better, older, stronger, more capable. But Jesus says, become smaller and become dependent on me. Humility says, I am not God, dear Father, you are. Humility says, I don't know the answer, but dear Father, you do. Humility says, I can't make this happen, but dear Father, you can. Secondly, today I want to encourage you to choose faith like a child. Simple trust. Trusting Abba Father that he loves you. A childlike trust that a young child puts in his daddy or her daddy. I know as a child, I would jump off things and just expect my daddy would catch me. I knew he would catch me because my daddy was strong. My daddy was invincible. I know that if we went anywhere, I didn't have to worry. He, he knew where we were going. I just needed to follow. I could just trust him. My daddy provided for me. My daddy would protect me. My daddy would take me places and take care of it all and pay the bill. Right, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, there are people in this room and you've had a hard experience of a father in this life and you couldn't trust your father and you couldn't depend on your father and it's hard. But I believe Jesus would say to you just what he said to his disciples. He said to his disciples in John 14, don't be troubled, trust in God, trust also in me. He offers a relief for anxious striving. We must trust God and not trust in our own goodness or our own abilities. Because trust says, faith says, I trust you to do what only you can do. Faith says, I trust you in all circumstances, even though I don't understand. Faith says, I trust in your words. I trust in your ways. Amen. I'm going to ask the team to come and join me. How do we enter the kingdom of heaven? How do we access all that God has for us in this new realm? We don't need to get a visa to get into a a country. We need to become childlike. And last week, we had a beautiful memorial service for Lorna, our dear Lorna, to celebrate celebrate her life. And Marlies Hay was here. Dear Marlies, one of the longstanding members of our church, She was here, she's 94 years old and she can't always be here now because of her health. But she watches, hi Marlise, we love you. She watches every week online. She's so committed. And she came into the foyer and she, as she does, she says, as I get older, it becomes simpler. She says, as I get older, 94 years old, it's just so simple. God is my father. Jesus is my brother. And Holy Spirit is my friend. Thanks, Marlies. That's it. We don't need to make it more. It's simple. Amen? Well, I'd ask that you stand with me this morning. We're going to have a time now of ministry in a moment. I'm going to ask the team to start to play it. But first of all, we're going to just have a time of worship where you can just connect with your your Abba Father. Lord, as we enter this time of worship, we come to you, Lord God, and we say you are Abba Father. You are our Daddy. And we come to you humbly right now. We come with faith. And Lord, we choose to worship you because you are big and we are not. We are small. You are great 
And Lord, you are all powerful. You are our provider. You are our all. So today we worship you. We praise you and we honour you and we bring ourselves to you humbly before you.